Okay, so how you all doing today? This is going to be season one, episode 13 of the Raw Podcast. And I want to start this podcast off by saying I hope everyone has had a fantastic day. It is now nighttime, sometime around 10.37 p.m. Yes, of course, I am driving because I do some of my best work when I'm driving. You understand? Okay, so... The last podcast was basically about women making healthy utero choices in regards to who they choose to procreate with and basically who they choose to sleep with. Now, we know we can't control anybody that is not our job to come into this life and try to control people's choices, their habits, or anything like that, but it is always a good idea to spread useful information and just try to make your community better by doing your part, and I feel like this is a part of doing my part. Please forgive all the turn signal signs and everything like that. Like I said, I am driving, okay, so um, yeah, I think the best way to handle this podcast is to be a follow-up and go a little bit more in depth about abstinence because I believe I did touch on it on the last episode. However, okay, however, um, I believe I explored it more from the point of view of somebody else's experience because I was talking about somebody that I hang out with and I was I was sharing my information based on her experience and what I felt about that experience. Now I'm going to talk about abstinence from my experience and my point of view and just give a detailed, you know what I mean, like a detailed explanation about why I feel like abstinence is important to your spiritual health, not even just your physical health, and how you can kind of navigate through it without feeling like, oh my God, I want to give up, right? Okay, so when we're talking about abstinence, let's first define what abstinence is, okay? And just to let y'all know again, I do all of my podcasts off the cuff. So far, there have not been any notes because like I said, I do my podcast when I'm driving. I don't know what that's about, but it just, for me, when I'm driving, I think clear. I think about my life. I think about things that I've been through, and it's just easier for me that way. Abstinence um, pretty much is when you withhold right when you with when you withhold you it's a discipline that you withhold yourself from something that is pleasurable or that you find comfort in right so if somebody is fasting they could be fasting for 30 days 30 nights two days two nights they could do intermittent fasting basically they are abstaining from eating foods it could be for whatever reason and right eating is pleasurable for all of us right because our bodies need to eat to survive to live so i think it is safe to say that abstaining from eating foods would uh for whatever reason um could be uncomfortable and abstaining is the art or discipline of restraining yourself or restricting yourself from something that you find comfortable or pleasurable but we're not talking about food abstinence we're not talking about that we are talking about sexual abstinence right which is um one of the most common forms of abstaining so in line with the definition of abstinence in order for someone to be abstaining from sex that just means that for whatever the reason they are choosing not to have sex. Now, here's 
the tricky part about that. There are different reasons why a person would choose not to have sex or to have sex, right? A person can choose not to have sex because maybe they, you know what I mean, they could have an incurable disease and they would just rather just forego sex altogether. It could be that, you know, it's a part of their religion. For some people, it's for discipline and clarity. I want to touch on that last bit for the majority of the remainder of this podcast because it speaks more in alignment with my journey. I was raised Christian, right? And so as we get older and we begin to walk this life, the things that we're raised on, we begin to have questions about, right? We don't necessarily have all of the certainty, right? And I really hope y'all can hear me because I know there's a lot of interference because I'm driving. So I'm trying not to go too fast because I want you guys to be able to hear what I'm saying. Growing up Christian, it has a very clear passage about abstaining from sex until you're married, right? And of course, a lot of people don't do this for whatever reason. I am not here to be judge and jury. I really honestly don't care. That's not my business. But this podcast is for the ladies who are choosing abstinence and maybe they're struggling in their minds about whether they should stop abstaining or whether they should continue on their path and hopefully give a little bit of motivation about how to continue. So the latter, as far as the spiritual reasons are mine, though I still identify as a Christian woman, right? Even though I've had a child or whatever, and I've clearly had sex before marriage, I still identify as Christian. Um, But for me, it was more so, I don't want to say forced abstinence, but it was more so about like not meeting the right guy, wanting to meet the right guy, and then wanting to be able to see clearly, right? But after a while into my journey, it became less about wanting to meet the right guy and more about not wanting to cloud my spiritual space. So, of course, I always talk about my fitness journey, how I've lost between 50 and 60 pounds, and I am still on my weight loss journey, but now it's more so about bodybuilding and strength training. That is a discipline. And a lot of people who think about fitness, they just think about, oh, you just want to look good and yada, yada, yada. But there's a lot of education in fitness, okay? Those people that you see on Instagram who talk about all the famous celebrities that they've helped get into shape, those are extremely intelligent people. They've had to study for years, get various certifications, and they have an understanding of the body and the way that the body works as far as muscles and cells and macronutrients and micronutrients and metabolism. They have an understanding that most people, right, don't have or don't execute in their daily lives, whether they have it or not. That's why they get paid the big bucks, because they're able to modify the body in ways that typical people can't or won't or choose not to do, right? When it comes to abstinence, That is another form of discipline. Because when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sex is on that list. So the way that Maslow's hierarchy of needs works, it's basically he's saying that in order for you to be at optimal functionability, right, as a human, and I don't know if functionability is a word, I don't care, we're using it, I'm making it up, let's coin it, let's get this cash, right? In order for a person to be at optimal function, 
there are certain things that they need to first create a level of homeostasis so that they can go out and do above and beyond. The first thing, water, food, shelter, right? You go on to work, you get off work, you're tired, you're dirty. First thing you want to do is go home. That's shelter. You need a, play, a, a place in place, right? For you to go to where you can clean your body, where you can grab a bite to eat and get you back in balance. Maslow is pretty much saying, if you don't have these things first, everything else you do will be out of whack. And we have seen this. When you know when you get hangry, you didn't been somewhere all day, you haven't eaten, you haven't bathed, so you're dirty, you're hungry, and you just mean. And then you think about it like, man, I've been out all day and I haven't showered and I haven't eaten. Let me get something to eat, right? And then once you get something to eat, then you notice your attitude has improved dramatically, right? That's what we're talking about. Maslow had it absolutely correct in that regard. Now, the way that he categorizes these needs is on a wrong ladder, right? So your food, your water, your shelter, that's the very first thing. Then he goes into emotional support. Then he talks about sex, all right? Now, women of a certain age, around the 30s and 40s, sex becomes a very high demand. And if we're looking at this from a biological standpoint, we understand that this need goes up because, right, this is the optimal time for a woman to become a mother. So your body is just pushing out all these hormones that are signaling to you that you need to procreate. How do we procreate? I.e. sex, right? Now, so we got a couple of things that's, that's working right now. We got the biological factor and then we just have the, the, the spiritual aspect of it and just the all in out all all in out need right to have sex so you're horny you know you want to have sex and you have chosen this path to abstain so that means something that would normally be comfortable for you i.e having sex that could be with the monogamous partner or that could be with you know somebody that you meet and you both mutually agree that this is something that you want to do and you're choosing for whatever reason not to. Now, here's where my experience comes into play. Like I said, I wasn't meeting the right guys. And I thought that if I bargained with God, that if I would not have sex, right? And I'm not approved when it comes to sex. But for the most part, it just would have to be like a dire need. Like, I'm just like, oh, I need to have sex, right? For me to go out and just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to meet somebody and have sex with them. And, you know going about and then continue abstaining or whatever but I noticed um that the guys that I was meeting and I wasn't sleeping with them but the guys that I was meeting was like oh like I had just come off what I call a binge and that's where you go for a long period without having sex and then you meet somebody and you know you have a casual sexual encounter you don't expect anything from them you probably don't even want anything from them but it's just like you just needed to release whatever but that final time right the time that i did it or whatever uh me and the guy we talked for a bit but he was younger than i and i knew that he wasn't in the same space and i did an orgasm okay and we're gonna keep this podcast all the way 100 like i'm not here to fake you know what I'm saying? I'm here to do my work. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? Whatever I feel like is going to sustain and substantiate people on a spiritual level, that's what I'm here to do. I did not orgasm. So I was like, first of all, this guy in the long run is not going to be somebody that I'm serious about, right? His age, he was younger than me, and I'm already young, so you know he was young. Um, 
And then the fact is he's not somebody that I'm thinking about that I can introduce to my daughter. None of that. This is just, you know, you know, it is what it is. And then on top of all of that, he came, I didn't come. So it's like, what's the, I did all this huffing and puffing. What was the point, right? So I was like, after that, you know, when I would go out, I would like literally when I would say I wouldn't meet anybody, I wouldn't meet anybody that I would even remotely consider going to bed with. So I'm like, it's already been months at this point. It doesn't make sense to break a fast, right? If you're already going months strong and you just like, you kind of forced into it, right? Because I didn't meet anybody that I would want to lay down with anyway. So it was like, I'm already been abstinence, you know what I'm saying? So let's just keep it going. And that's when I started bargaining with God. Okay, like I've already been abstinence. I'll continue to be abstinence until I meet the guy that's going to be my husband, whatever, whatever, whatever. The deeper I got into my abstinence journey, though, what I began to notice is... I could start to see people for who they were, right? If you tell a guy no, like he take you on a date, right? Some guys feel like if they take you on a date that they automatically deserve to sleep with you. And we all know that this is false. But if they take you on a date, I would notice, you know what I'm saying? Like that conversation would come up and I'm not interested. And some guys just flat out, they, it's just... The way they handled the situation was all wrong. You know what I mean? And they came in off the muscle, like, wanting to get it popping. And I'm just looking like, you don't know my last name. You don't know my favorite color. You don't know what interests me. You don't know what I'm going to be doing in my life in five years. You didn't ask me what my five-year plan was. You didn't inquire about my motherhood. You didn't inquire about my dreams. You didn't ask me to ask you about yours. And it, it just became like, I'm over it. And it became more defined to me spiritually that I understood it's getting in the way. Like sex, if I were to lay down with these men, I understood that spiritually it would take away from what I could see. See, a lot of times, and what I noticed is a lot of times when I would talk to these guys, right, because I'm not having sex with them. So they, the only thing they can really come to me for is conversation. And then when they figure out I'm about what I'm talking about, then the conversation is like, it changes. I would be talking to these guys and I would notice over time when they realize, okay, maybe she is serious. They would go about trying to get sex a different way. And I'm very upfront and let them know, hey, I'm abstinent. You have the right to go and have sex with whoever you want to. We are just talking. We are not exclusive. And I let that also be known. That's one of the greatest things about exclusivity as far as abstinence and making your, your stance known. When you're not abstinent, when you're abstinent, you're not obligated to be exclusive with anyone so as you get to know them you can really get to know them and see what their true colors are tell a man that he can go and have sex with any woman that he wants to while he continues to still get to know you and i promise you he's either going to continue to pressure you for sex he's going to either disappear or he's a man that already has you know his own moral standards and he came in the game not looking for that and he wants to get to know you anyway but i promise you eight times out of ten the guy is going to come out with a, in what he feels is an inventive way to get it, right? Most of the times, ladies, peel your eyes back. If you're abstinent, right, even for just some months, you will begin to see some of these patterns that I'm talking about. 
guys will literally bait you to make you believe that you're their girlfriend or you're someone who they have exclusively that they're making you a priority so that they can get sex and then I almost can promise you once they get it they'll either ghost you or you'll notice their behavior start to change because guess what they were never in it for you in the first place they were in it to get what they could because you know what like back in the old days when it was time for sex and you were with this person and y'all already have been boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever the case is for a long amount of time is something that would happen very organically and it would be very um evident to see right that it is a mutually you know what i'm saying agreed upon action that's about to take place and you both go into it and nothing changes you don't get this all of a sudden they ghosting you you don't get this now they lack in treating you in a pri- as a priority you don't get this oh well you know this distancing that you see with guys who were never in it to begin with they just wanted the sex and they wanted to make you believe that you're their girlfriend so that they can get what they want that's a trick ladies i'm telling you if you are absent long enough these are the type of tricks that you will see and i'm giving you the game right now do not listen to what they tell you their actions will show you date a guy for a few months without giving him sex see if he's buying you gifts see if he's introducing you to the people that he cares about most see if he's having those late night phone conversations with you see if he's giving you compliments as opposed to insulting you and taking little digs at you right i the, the most recent guy that i was dealing with I only dealt with him for like a week because it was just things that i could see first of all we went out somewhere didn't buy my drinks i'm just looking like and the drink the drinks were really cheap so i was just like oh my god so he's one of those he made all type of excuses why he couldn't follow me to the freeway to make sure that i got to the freeway safely um this guy lives at home with his mom that's really the first red flag like i just feel like at a certain age like get it together i know we in a pandemic but i'm tired of hearing it we i've already had a podcast two podcasts ago about this very thing so it's really not no need to elaborate or go in on that like it is what it is he wasn't together but you know they always want to call somebody gold digger so you know you try to give them a little bit of a chance but not this that and the third so I just noticed and I'm going to I'm going to use this and I'm going to wrap it up because I have to go to the gym and it's already late and I've already missed a significant amount of time because I'm coming like literally straight out of work. And so, you know what I mean? So it's just it would behoove me to to go ahead and get started or whatever. But okay, so I did make a, a podcast about this in relation to the situation. Um however i'm gonna elaborate now this guy um we're gonna call him rasta because he was going walk around looking like a pseudo rastafarian so we're gonna give him his just due his name is rasta okay and rasta is a 35 year old man who takes odds and ends jobs he's a cancer and i won't lie and say that he's not sweet right because he he's he was he was sweet like as far as the things that he was saying but 
looking at the totality, looking at the totality of the whole man, he's not he was not it. So let me just tell you this story real quick, and then I'm gonna let you make your own decision as far as why you why you can analyze for yourself what decision that you want to make. And believe you me, like I said, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. You have the right to have sex or not have sex. The consequences, negative or positive, is on you because we're all grown and we can make the decision. This person, Rasta, 35 years old, works odds and job, still lives at home with his mother for whatever the reason, never got into that, Didn't I really didn't care, to be honest. I just knew that for me it wouldn't be something long term because when I asked him about what are the steps that he's taking right to no longer live with his mom he really didn't have a clear answer so it was really never a need for me to investigate further but I did want to just see if his behaviors were something that were tolerable and maybe just watch because I like to watch and that's another thing about abstinence it gives you the opportunity to from afar watch somebody's actions and behaviors and how not only they go about their own life but how they treat you in regards to your decision I noticed that when I told him that I was abstinent, I walked up the stairs, y'all. That's a damn shame that I'm so winded. I noticed when I said this, every conversation after the fact was geared towards sex. And I didn't, at first I'm like, okay, well, Maybe this guy, you know what I mean? You know, maybe it's just a situation where he hasn't had any for a while. And y'all forgive me because, like I said, I'm doing other things. But maybe it's a situation where he hasn't had any for a while. He just likes to talk about it. But pay attention to, like I say, all of these things. Because all of these things will tell you a lot about a person. All of these little nuances and things like that that are going on, that will tell you a lot about a person. He kept bringing it up. And when I say he kept bringing it up, I mean he literally kept bringing the situation in regards to sex up, okay? It was, you know, saying stuff like, well, if you come over... Um, you know, we can lay down next to each other and pretty much I would be nude. I don't understand a scenario if you're trying to get to get to know somebody for who they are with which you would have to be nude. I have never in my life understood why, <laughs> you know what I mean? Why I would have to be nude in order for us to get to know each other. So that was, a, that was, that was something, but I, you know, we ended up getting into it about something he was trying to argue me down about words. Here's the thing about me. My mama has been reading to me since I was a little girl. There are very few words, big or small, that I don't know the meaning to. And I'll tell you something. If I don't know the meaning to them, I'm, I'm a Googler and a dictionary toting female. I'm going to look it up ex expeditiously. In T.I.'s words, I'm going to look it up expeditiously because... I don't like not knowing things, but I'm also not too ashamed to say I don't know. I don't like ignorance. So... Of course, he was wrong about the words. I told him, I said, you don't take my word for it. Go to Google. Like, you never, I made sure to tell him, you don't ever in your life have to be afraid when it comes to me to go fact check. I said, if anybody ever tells you anything, it should be your first mind to go and fact check. So we got off the phone and I was like, this guy's retarded. So that was the first thing that really, I, that really just like, I was like, ugh, like I can't. The thing was, I blocked him and then he texted me from, I didn't know at the time he had another phone. 
And really, that was a second red flag because it should have been like, well, girl, you are already blocked him and he's still trying to keep it going. And in my head, it wasn't really a bad situation. Like we didn't end the phone call yelling or cussing at each other. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this one more time. Okay. So basically... He texted me this long message saying, you know, he was sorry and we would always respect each other and this, that, and the third. And now that I'm looking back on it, it's just like, yeah, it was an apology, true enough. But I just believe the reality was this guy probably felt like I didn't get to sleep with her yet. In his mind, he still thinks it's a game. He had to have because the following encounter lets me leads me to know and believe that this guy, he wasn't really serious. He probably thought that if he gave me a couple of late night phone conversations, which by the way, he would never let me get off the phone when I wanted. He wanted to stay up for hours on the phone and I'm telling him I have to get up and go do things. And then the guy still wants to, you know, wants me to come and see him. That's another thing. A guy that always wants you to come and see them, no matter if it's out or at their house, be very cognizant of that. Like a guy is supposed to put in work for you. He's not supposed to make you do, do all the work as far as he's not the prize. You are the prize. Like that's the reality. So I already wasn't feeling that. And so, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go see him or whatever. He was like, you know, I just want to hold you this, that, and the third. Now, listen, when you asking this, let, when you asking it, let's not act like you still don't have a physical need to be touched. Like human interaction, I'm pretty sure that's on the list of Mas Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And even if it's not, the reality is... As humans, we need to be touched. You ever seen them studies done by children who have never had human interaction? They're like feral children, and I feel so bad because humans, we all need to feel that love and affection. But you see that all the time as far as feral children, and they don't have any human interaction, and what that does to them, the study that they did on the monkey. Also, y'all, my degree is in uh, psychology. I graduated from UHD with a, with a degree in, in clinical psychology, uh, cum laude. So, Y'all, I'm heavily into some of these studies and all that knickknack, whatever. But they did one on the monkey, and it's just, um, it's quite devastating what happened. So let's not sit here and act like abstinence means that you don't want to be touched, you don't want to be held, you don't want to be caressed, you know. So I'm thinking, you know, we would just lay, watch TV, talk, you know what I mean? I didn't think it was going to be a situation, right, where, um, you know, first of all, I was really offended. He lived with his mom. So I really honestly thought he would have more respect. This guy literally was putting his penis on me. Like he was fully clothed. And first of all, we kissed one of the nights that I met up with him afterward, we were supposed to go out and you know, he kissed me. Okay. I did not initiate this kiss. Like he kissed me. I'm not a big fan of kissing guys. I'm just not. When you, when you go to the dentist on a regular basis and they tell you about, you know, all the ways to keep your mouth clean and the hygiene, you start to realize a lot of people is not doing that. And when you realize that it's like, ugh, I just don't like, I mean, I listen, I love to kiss if it's with a good kisser. Like if I have a lot of chemistry with the guy, like the guy, the last guy I told you about now, he was no good either. But when I tell you that man can kiss you and make you feel like the earth literally stops spinning and that you are floating 10 layers above your own stratosphere. That's that. I think like I told you, I've been asking this for a while, so I didn't get to have sex with him either, but 
Um, I'm telling you right now, with somebody that kisses like that, they can they can tempt you. There were a lot of nights that I that I was tempted with him, and it took a lot of prayer. And God did bring me through that situation because otherwise, I would have slept with him, and I would be distraught to this very day because he wasn't the one. You know, that's what dating is. You go through and you find out who's it and who ain't it, right? So, um, yeah. So basically. You know, I know what a good kiss is. And when I say I could kiss that man all day and I wouldn't feel no ways like I just wanted to be around him. I just wanted to absorb his essence. He was one of the worst guys. But sometimes you can have a soul connection with someone and you don't even realize it's really to teach you something about your own broken spirit. And that's why I say abstinence is a good way to go, because if your spirit is broken and you're in the midst of healing, while you're healing, what you don't know is subconsciously you're going to be attracting the very broken people. Um that are like you right because like attracts like so you're going to be attracting some broken people along the way not because you're a bad person but because you're broken and you're trying to heal and those wounds while you're trying to heal are now going to be exposed right because you can't clean you can't clean a wound if it got a band-aid on it right the band-aid is the attitude that we carry around every day trying to make it seem like everything is okay and we're normal and we're functioning and we're not and then you go to therapy and you realize yeah I've been needed this therapy years ago, child. But, um, yeah, but like I said, physically, you know, if I was just, if I just said F, F my spiritual healing, right, it would have been a wham, bam, and a thank you, man, but it would have been a doggone good one because, like I said, he was a great kisser. This guy, Rasta, that I'm telling y'all about, man, we was in the car, and we had came out the little uh, hole in the wall or whatever, and he kissed me, and I was like, oh. He, the thing was, he don't got bad teeth or bad breath or nothing like that. Just It was just wet. It was sticky. I was like, what the hell? And so, like I said, I was trying to give him another opportunity to redeem himself after our little falling out. Because I was like, well, maybe he's a persistent guy. He called me from another number or from another phone he got. And he apologized. So maybe I don't want to be that chick. You know what I'm saying? Walking around like, oh, well, you know. So I did want to take that opportunity to forgive him. And let him try again. But when I got to his house, his apartment with his mama, and he, first of all, he started off wrong. He wanted to start kissing. And a lot of guys know that in order to get a woman aroused, they um they start kissing them because that, that turns things up. Now, mind you, this is somebody I've already told is abs that I'm abstinent and then you ain't take you ain't you haven't taken me out on any dates. You haven't done anything even that would warrant a kiss at all. But yeah, you asking for a kiss and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Y'all, I'm at an age now where I can't fake certain things. And I can't fake my level of attraction to somebody. If I'm not feeling it, if I'm not feeling it, I'm just not feeling it. That's bottom line. And yes, I grew up in acting and I still act to this very day. I still do stage plays to this very day. But I'm telling you right now, there will never be enough money in the world to make me in my personal life, right? Kiss somebody or be intimate with somebody who um, I just don't feel in that way. Life is too short. And I don't have any time to waste with somebody that is not going to be long term. All right. So 
first of all, the first kiss that we had initially when when we when I first came to see him. Now, mind you, this is all taking place with over a span like two weeks. When I first kissed him, I was like, ooh. Like, I just was like, oh, my God. At 35? Mm. But, um, and I just feel like kissing is one of those things you either have with the person or you don't. There is not no way to me, not that I've seen in my life, to where you can improve upon the chemistry you have when you kiss somebody. Either they kiss to your liking or not. And so when he told me that he only ever had two real serious girlfriends, at first I was like, I know it is the line. At 35, you've had at least five, six, seven, eight serious relationships. Now, reviewing them, them horrible, wet, nasty kisses, I honestly, 100% in my, in my life, I really do truly believe there was only two women who would even be willing to put up with that. And he doesn't have any children at 35. So that was another thing I said, mm. That explains a lot. Ain't nobody gonna let you lay on top of them kissing and slobbering all over their mouth and all over their face and you a terrible kid. Didn't Usher make a song a good kid? Like, look. Now, the buck stops here. And at a certain age, it's just time to all bets are off. You don't have to be disrespectful, but it is time to tell these guys the truth. First of all, on more than one occasion, he would take these digs at my body. Like I said, I've lost about 50 or 60 pounds. And so I guess now I'm starting to look, quote unquote, what you would call skinny, even though I don't see, I don't. Some people look at me and say, you know, am you thick? But I'm guessing now it's more like a slim thick type of situation because I'm in a very weird body phase right now. Some women, they are not visibly thick. They're not visibly thin. They are like in between thin and thick. That's like a real thing. And it's a very, I don't want to say disheartening place to be because, but in a way it is because you can't really even place like what your size is. Like I know my size, but it's like, I'm not skinny. I'm also not thick, but there are certain parts of me that are thick. Like the lower half of me is really thick, but you know, with the age of the fake booties and all that stuff like that, what once was considered full voluptuous is no longer. Now it's just like, if you don't have this big, large cartoon booty, then you're not considered voluptuous or whatever. And anyway, who cares? Because last time I checked, when I was looking to lose weight, I knew for a fact that you don't get to control where you lose the weight from. Which, thanks for, thanks to God, I still have my hips and my booty and everything like that. But like I said, it's not exaggerated. And when I was thicker, 50, 60 pounds heavier, obviously things are going to be bigger. So I've lost weight all over. So I am a, a nice, you know, I have a good frame. I'm, it's muscular, but slim and thick. It's all at the same time. It's just, that's the space I'm in until I become lean. Then when I'm lean, people probably more definitive, definitively can just say, okay, well, that's skinny, whatever. Which I'm fine with that. First of all, this guy Rasta is about 6'5". And I don't know if I said that. That's too tall even for me. I do like a good tall man. I don't know anybody who, who doesn't. But I'm 4'11". Okay? I don't want you to just be just towering over me like Shaq. I promise you when he came to meet me downstairs, I, I kid you not, I look like a little girl. I look like a little girl standing next to him. Now, if you 6'1", that's like, oh, that's cute. That guy, that's cute. They look like a handsome couple. That's real cute. Anything over 6'1", with me, I've learned after this experience, it's not going to work. 
I'm saying that right now it's not going to work because you are simply too tall even for me and that's saying a lot because my uh, child's father before he was murdered um was 6'2 right so if you 6'2 you know what I'm saying I'm I'm all in with that I'm good with that you know what I'm saying that's a good that's 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 good but 6'5 is just it's a lot so the guy was tall and I was like oh Oh my God. And he's tall. He's very, very, uh, like lanky. And I noticed that those type of guys typically like women who are, um, on the thicker side of things, right? They like their women thicker. There is absolutely positively nothing wrong with liking a thicker woman. However, you knew what I looked like when you met me. Right? Like that that doesn't need to be said. You knew what I looked like when you met me. While we were laying down in his bed watching TV, right? And he was trying to put his disgusting lips on me. Um he would make little comments talking about, yeah, you know, people were saying how I because I met him at work. And people were saying, you know, how big your booty is, but your booty isn't even really all that big. And I was like, okay, like, oh, what am I, like, I'm sitting here like, what am I supposed to do with this information? My booty isn't all that big. So now what, what, I'm sitting over here like, my booty isn't all that big. So now, Sway, <laughs> that we got this information that don't mean a damn thing to nobody. Now, what are we going to do? I was, you know, the thing is, people talk about fat shaming, but we got to talk about skinny shaming, too, or little bitty body shaming. And, you know, these guys will think it's okay to shame you or to make you feel bad. Right about your size, about your physique, or whatever the case is, and it's like, um, hmm, like you're doing the absolute most. So I already was uncomfortable because he was saying these things, and not even necessarily uncomfortable, but I just didn't like it, and I was just like, well, whatever. I was like, if you want a thicker woman, this is why I told him, if you want a thicker woman. I don't understand why you just don't just go get a thicker woman. Why are you in my face? And he was like, no, I'm just playing this, that, and the third. And um, I don't really mean that you're beautiful, this, that, and the third, just the way you are. Yada, 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 yada. It was all BS because he had been caught. You know what I mean? He had been caught. So in, in, in that regard, it was just like, I'm already off it. And then to make matters doubly worse, the guy kept trying to kiss on me. And like I've already said, that was just plain, flat out torture to my spirit. Now, let's think about this and bring this back to abstinence, right? You're, you're with a guy. Physically, you're in a situation to where you've been deprived of something that your body biologically probably needs. But... If you're somebody that just jumps right in, you know what I mean, with somebody and you wake up and you have to relive that experience and then 
you have to go over in your head all of what this person has going on. Let's review the facts, shall we? Lives with mom, doesn't have a suitable, stable job, isn't in any immediate rush to change their life, doesn't have any future plans that would substantiate a long-standing future. So if I sit with this guy, think about it, honestly, like just think about it. What did I gain from that? Like if I'm being all the way 100, like if I'm being all the way real, what do I gain by giving you my vagina? It seems to me he was the one that was gaining everything. Okay. And I'm going to try to hurry up and get through this. Cause like I said, I'm on my way to the gym. I'm already running late and I, I want to get this out of the way and bring this point on home. Because when we're talking about spiritual abstinence, we're talking about, listen, when you're losing weight and you're, you know, defining your career and you're trying all these new things, you're getting solidified in, you know, your parenting or whatever you got going on. And, you know, like I it's not back then when I would do abstinence, it was more so about God. It wasn't about my own personal spiritual journey. And that's what I mean. People have to really, 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 really put into perspective what they want out of this thing. And if you're doing it for your own spiritual reasons, oh, I promise you, it's a whole lot different than saying, oh, God, I'm going to be abstinent and trying to make God proud. And then you wonder how you wake up with your panties over your head and two empty liquor bottles or whatever. I don't know, whatever they show on these rom-com sitcoms, whatever. You know what I mean? Because the the reason you did it wasn't 100% intrinsic. It was to please a, a deity that you can't see, that you don't always feel. And so it's existential. You got to be doing this for you. You're, you got to be like, man, I don't care how horny I get. Like spiritually, I need to be able to see these people clearly. And not only that, I need to be able to read the room. It's a whole, it's a whole lot easier to get attached to a guy spiritually when you're having sex with him than when you're choosing not to. Because when you're having sex and the sex is good, then I can get, I almost can bet you my last dollar on it. That you're more apt to deal with all the things that I told you were red flags because you're getting good sex and you feel like... Okay, it's immediate gratification. I prefer delayed gratification. Weight loss has taught me that. So when people talking about fitness and they're talking about it just in terms of looks, you can refer to this podcast and say, oh, no, honey, this is very much spiritual. And if you can delay eating that box of pizza, picking up that ice cream at 12 a.m., if you can choose to delay and say, you know, I'm going to wait till Saturday on my cheat day, you are a whole hell of a lot more disciplined than somebody who has to have it right now. I don't like being around people who, who succumb to immediate gratification. They don't have any discipline. I want a well-disciplined person around me. So, first of all, you're kissing on me. And I'm talking about, like I told you, I'm a good actress when you put me on stage. But I'm not finna act in my real life. I don't get paid to do that. So, I'm going to keep it all the way a buck. I'm literally turning my face away from this guy. And he was like, you're acting like you don't want to kiss me. I wanted to say a lot. This ain't no damn act. I don't want your your lips on me. I don't like it. It's very few people that I kiss. It's like, I just... You know, and I've always been told my whole life I have very beautiful lips, very full lips. Why why do I want to go around kissing on you? Like, oh, I just, even when I think about that experience, like I'm cringing, like, oh, the fact that this guy got to put his lips on me at all. So he keeps trying to kiss on me, this, that, and the third. He's putting his genitalia on me, like he's holding me, and he's like pressing up against me. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I just told him straight out. I told him, listen to me, player. 
Stop putting your genitalia on me. I don't like that. We just met a couple of weeks ago. I don't like that. And he was like, oh, ain't nobody doing nothing. I'm not trying to do nothing. I'm just trying to adjust myself. It was just a whole bunch of nonsense. I was over it. So the last straw was, I wear a hair wrap on my hair, but I'm natural, right? But I still do my baby hairs. And so when I put my little hair scarf on, you can still see some of my baby hairs or whatever. He did something that reminded me of something emotionally abusive that an ex did. And that was, he was making, taking jabs at my hair. First, he, you know, would send texts and tell me how much he likes my hair. But all of a sudden, he was like, oh, you know, you got naps or whatever. And he was like, oh, I'm just joking. Listen to me, ladies. If a man insults you and then tries to mask it under he's joking, you need to run from that man. That's not a man for you. That's not a man for nobody. He's not even a man for himself. Because a man that really likes you, that really cares about you, I can tell you and I can promise you one thing for sure. He's never going to do anything that's going to insult you or haphazardly hurt your feelings for the sake of telling, quote unquote, a joke. Because he's not going to want to accidentally hurt you because he cares about you. When he said that, I didn't say nothing. I said, I didn't say anything. After that, I started putting on my shoes. I'm quiet. I'm putting on my shoes. And he was like, what's going on? I was like, that's when I spoke. And I told him, I said, I'm leaving. I was like, I'm really done with this situation. And he was like, all it is because I said he was talking. I Meanwhile, I put on my shoes because we were laying down, right? But my clo- everything, my clothes, everything is on. And I just put on my shoes and I was like, okay, I need to find my keys. Made sure my keys was in my purse. He follows me out. But he didn't follow me to the car. What I noticed was when I was putting my things inside of my purse, he was like, okay, fine then, bye. Could you imagine if I had sex with this guy and he made and he made a backhanded statement like that? How cheap I would have felt. And for somebody to try and dismiss you after they already see that you're leaving. Could you imagine how hurt I would have felt? Ladies, it's not worth it. If you're choosing abstinence for you, choose it for you. And know that it's about seeing your journey clearly, whatever that is, whether you're choosing to do it until you find a husband or until you just meet a guy that genuinely loves you and you can feel that love through and through. I promise you, if you do it for any other reason, you will fail. It's inevitable. You will fail. And I'm not trying to speak ill on nobody's journey, but I'm just telling you what I know. You will fail because I know because it happened to me. I wasn't clear about why I wanted to be abstinent. And the moment I became clear, there's there there was not no going back. Even laying next to somebody, which would probably normally be hard for somebody else. But I guess you would have to be attracted to that person. I wasn't very attracted to him. He wasn't he wasn't very attractive guy. And um, he had these long, unkempt locks. And I'm like, oh, just cut it off. Like, it just looks like a matted blanket on your head. Like, just, you're talking about naps on my scalp, which, by the way, I have my baby hairs all cute and everything. This guy is just somebody who wants to bring you down because they can see that you don't need, like, I, I you live with your mom. There's nothing you can say about me. Somebody who lives and does everything on their own. You know what I mean? So it just was what it was. I didn't feel no way. As soon as I got my car, I blocked both of those numbers. And if he tries to get another number, I'll just keep blocking. And need be, I'll change my phone number. I'm not above that. You don't know where I live, so I don't care. Like, get out of my face. All I could think was, I made this mistake before. Was sleeping with somebody, and then afterwards, I felt just like complete, just terrible. Before it was like, oh, I'm gonna be absent until I get married. It's not even about that anymore. I'm just abstinent. Like, just straight up and down asexual at this point because I just can't take it with these guys. And 
when they don't respect like I put the gym before anything like lit like literally right now like I told you I'm almost it's 11 o'clock I'm on my way to the gym that's where I need to be that's where I am spiritually and this guy was talking about, oh, I can come to the gym with you. So first of all, you too cheap to buy me a drink. You was too cheap to pay for me to get in the venue. And now you want to come to the gym to monitor what I'm doing on my membership and you don't have to pay? Like, not only do you live with your mammy, you just want a mammy all the way around. I don't understand how you could have confused. Like, ladies and gentlemen, listen. Again, if you're going to be abstinent, be very clear about why you're making that choice. And just know it has to be for an intrinsic value. If it's not, I promise you, inevitably, you will end up sleeping with some dust bucket and you will regret it in the morning. And all I know is I was able to walk with my head held high because this guy was trying. I'm talking about trying to get his touch, his feel on. He was trying to pull out all the stops. And I just know he kept trying to kiss me and I just almost vomited in my mouth. And I was, he was just like, oh, you don't want to kiss me? No. You are so disgusting spiritually to me. I don't want to touch you. I don't want you to touch. You are sucking my energy just by being in the same space with me. I was over it. I was just done. You got me over here under the guise that we're going to watch TV and chill and talk and get to know each other. But what the reality is, you thought you could pressure me into the decision that was already made. And that decision before I came over here yesterday and going forward was I'm not sleeping with anybody. I'm very focused on what I want and what I need to get out of this life to be successful. Ladies and gentlemen, do it for you. And I know on the last podcast, I was talking about my friend and how she had this baby by this married guy, whatever the case is. The reality is those type of situations are the result of sleeping with somebody that you're not supposed to. Even if you choose to have sex, take it seriously. These guys can be sleeping with whomever and doing whatever. And you don't want to end up with something that you can't get rid of, whether you choose to wear protection or not, because a guy doesn't have any discipline. Sex is a discipline if you choose that. That's all I got, y'all. I don't even have the, the energy to keep going on. But this the abstinence thing, I have so much to say about it. It really could be a segment. So we we'll, guess we'll call this part one. And my next series, my next part, I'll go into part two. Y'all be safe. Have a great evening. I love y'all. And have a good night. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. I finally made it home. I'm so happy I made it home. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? I hope everybody's doing okay. And... I think this will be the last podcast in this season. When I go into season two, I want to do some different things. And I want to um, be a little bit more serious. Not that I'm not serious about my content, but just come up with just different things that I can do to try to gravitate, you know, um, towards people who would be willing to hear this and people who like um, this sort of content, which I'm still trying to figure out what that is. Please forgive me. I am a little bit sick. Not a little bit. I am sick. And I hate saying that because I like to believe that I don't get sick, but my voice is all scratchy and I can just feel debris like in my vocal cords and I've just been coughing and... Um, yeah, so I just have to stop the recording right now and cough. My my voice is really scratchy, so just bear with me. But also, y'all know I try to keep all my podcasts PG thirteen, but it might be a little bit of swearing on this one, just because um I I I ain't gonna lie, I came from the club or whatever, and um, I'm feeling a little bit good or whatever. Um, 
I'm in my car as always. Y'all know I love to do a good car podcast. I am parked. But, you know, what prompted this was I was leaving the club. First of all, when I go to the club, it's just, I always feel like guys feel like they can, they just, they think because they give you attention like you're supposed to bow to them and be so grateful. I don't care. It's like our melanated women have been waiting for four, five hundred years for, you know, our men to come back and take their rightful place as king and to fight back, fight back for us, fight back for our freedom and just understand that we know that they were sacrificial lambs led to the slaughter, you know, during those very, very dark times, times that we have not escaped. They are just, you know, very finely veiled under a (laughs) politically correct society, right? And it's sad, but that is the truth. Black women is tired. Black women are tired. And a lot of us aren't taking the same mess that we were taking 5, 10, and 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like, it's a wrap. We are wanting, at this point, what all the other women and all the other races receive. We're wanting protection. We're wanting provision. And we want commitment and the maturity that comes with raising a family and being stable. We want those things. And there are a lot of us now that just we're understanding more about the power within our wombs and we're just not willing to accept certain things. But this podcast is not for me to talk about all black women because I am not the face of all black women. I am the face of me. And what I will say is I am absolutely tired, okay, of grown men who say women have to look like, be like, act like, smell like, talk like, X, Y, and Z. But then when they present themselves to you, they fall short in every aspect. And you just scratching your head looking like, oh, my God, oh, my wow. I'm walking out. And this guy is just like, hey, how you doing? Where you going? All this. Mind you, I'd already been stalked prior to. Couldn't even eat my sauce. You know, there's a fella who serves barbecue outside the club. And when I say them sausages be finger licking good, like, I paid 15 Anybody who knows me knows I am cheap. I paid $15 for a double meat sausage plate that had onions and jalapenos and pickles, okay? Knew I couldn't eat all of it in one sitting. I, I'm I'm a very finicky eater. I do love food. I used to be a foodie, a foodie, but I lost so much weight now. It's hard for me to eat a lot of food in one sitting. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard because my body for so many years now has been trained <laughs> Forgive me, y'all, I'm a little bit sick. Has been trained to eat less. I am coughing up a storm. It was cold last week here in Houston, and I was working out in the cold, and it attacked my voice, something serious, okay? 
The next day, I just remember my voice being scratchy and throaty and itchy. It has been that way ever since. I've been drinking more tea than the Boston Tea Party, okay? Um, I do not feel well. But I want to get through this because this is this is important. There's got to be balance, you know. And when I go anywhere, I always make sure that I'm looking good, smelling good, everything. I don't like it when men come to me subpar. It's disrespectful in my eyes because you just wasted my time for nothing. And another thing, men, when you talk to women in the club, you do know you talk with your mouth and not your hands. I cannot stand when a man comes up to me and I'm in my own vibe. I'm not bothering nobody. I'm not doing anything. I'm just dancing. I'm chilling. I'm in my own little lane, just in my own box. I'm just there to have a good time with my friend, my girlfriend, and, you know, and leave. That's it. I'm not here to do anything extra. This big fat guy, hell wasn't cut nothing. You just, you just showed up. You just showed up. And not that when you go out, it's a beauty pageant or a beauty contest, but let's keep it all the way above. Like, you showed up looking how you was looking. And then you wanted to throw me the tidbits my way, and I didn't ask for them. I want you, I reject and return to sender. Somebody go find me a do, find me a do not disturb sign. Hang it on, hang it on, on the front of my face, because I do not want to be bothered, especially when you roll up on me looking like a 1990s Missy Elliott. In the trash bag video, two-step. Like, get out of my face. You didn't cut your hair. You spitting while you talking in the middle of a whole panorama. You forgot your drink and your two-step in a place that you actually thought I gave a damn. I do not care. I do not care. I don't care anymore. And one thing I don't care about most of all is preserving these guys' feelings. It's, I'm going to say something else. I don't care to preserve your feelings anymore because for years and years and years and years and years, black women have not been spared the courtesy or the privilege to have our men say we were okay as we are. I'm going to tell you something. And this is, this is not no made up ish. I cannot make this up. And I'm trying to keep this PG 13. But like I said, I had a little bit, I had one drink, but I'm a very light drinker. It was one of them wine coolers. And you know, that's like a very small amount of alcohol. But like I said, I didn't start drinking till two years ago now. So I'm still very lightweight. Okay. And I'm big time grown grown. This is true tea. I walk into the club. Before I get into the club, there, you know, you got the loose gravel because you got to go, you got to, you got to walk around, then you get to the front door. People are all parked all kind of ways. So people coming, you know, from every which way, but I get there kind of late. So it's a little bit calm now. I see a lady walking in front of me on the loose gravel. And I don't got the best eyesight. So from a little bit of a distance, I was like, girl, is that a coat? Baby, when I got up on her, she did not have on no, on no damn coat. It looked like she was wearing off her scalp 30 yards. Do you understand me? Of Mongolian carpet. The weed started from the tip of her Eddie Monster at the top of her head. And I'm not making this up. The tips of the blonde, the platinum blonde wig. It went all the way to the bottom of her thigh meat. And if you think I'm making this up, I swear I wish I had taken a picture. I am not making this up. 
it's one thing to accentuate your beauty. And I'm going to tell you something about me. I'm a natural woman. My hair is in, my natural hair is in, is in box braids. But I treat the box braids like locks. So very rarely do I take them down. That's the way my hair grows. That's the way I like moisture in. Everybody has to figure out how their hair grows. When you figure out how your hair grows, it's best to stick with it. Because everybody here doesn't grow the same. I know for a long time, a couple of years, I had my hair cut into a fade. And it was growing faster than I could afford to cut it. Because I had a short hair cut back in uh, 2009. Back when Rihanna had, was a good girl gone bad. Somewhere in that era, 2008, one of them, seven, six. It was It was somewhere in there. Very early, Rihanna. And um, everybody had their short black um, haircut. It was the pixie cut of the century, okay? And I had that. But back then, haircut for a woman didn't cost nothing, but I styled it myself. Haircut didn't cost nothing but $10, $15. Now, a few years ago, when I was when I got the fade, it was cut off completely like a boy. I was paying $25, $30 with tip. And I'm just like, I can't do this every week. And at the rate with which my hair grows, it's in order for it to look and give that that uh, that it was supposed to have, it had to be fresh. It couldn't just get old. I don't I don't have that texture of how that can get old and it still look cute. Like it needs to be very neat all the time. And besides that, I'm a type A personality. I like everything very neat as far as my appearance and how I present myself. And if even a hair is out of place, it just drives me insane. Okay. So, because my hair was growing faster than I can cut it, then I said, man, F it. I'm just going to let it grow. And then I noticed when it was really short, I was like, well, I had a friend who twisted her hair. So, let me go ahead and twist mine. But instead of twisting it, I'm going to braid it. And instead of taking the braids out when they get old, I'm going to let them get old. And I'm going to keep them in there for three, four, <clears throat> five months, whatever. And then I just wash my hair with the braids and them condition my hair. And that's how, how my hair grows. So... I also keep my hair covered because, like I said, I like everything neat. And so I'm not, I have probably over 100 braids in my hair. I'm not taking these down. I have 4C hair. I'm not detangling my hair and taking these down. My, my hair is growing. So I keep my hair covered. So even when I go out, unless I buy a wig, which if you ask anybody who knows me, it's not very often. It used to be when I was younger, but I don't want to give my money to that buying wigs and besides that they pull my hair out like my edges just be gone my edges are just now growing back in full from me doing a lace front thinking i'm beyonce and they got stylists who can do that the right way so i wear a lot of scarves but i have them tied really pretty so when i go to the club a guy is not gonna see <clears throat> or if i go anywhere a man is not going to see me with 100 yards of hair in my head because, one, that's not my deal. And, two, I just think it looks ridiculous. If you're an entertainer, then by all means, go for it. It it, it serves the purpose. You're serving extra glam. You're serving, you know, high-dollar princess. And that is a part of the fantasy that you're selling. This, you know, this goddess, this perfection, all it is, this bundles this over accentuated everything but i hate what slavery has done and i hate what white supremacy has done to black women to the ones with the full heads of hair and the ones without them they taught us how to tear our hair down and tear it up they didn't teach us how to how to grow our hair when we were uh in bondage captive in captivity because you know if you go down to morocco and things like that if you see the way the women grow their hair <clears throat> they put clay in their hair 
and they put clay in their hair and they do something called mud packing and they pack it in their hair and they leave it for years and by the time they wash it out their hair be down to their feet and their hair is covered my hair is covered because all of everything that's in it, the oils, the dirt, the everything, my hair is growing. I don't touch it. I don't manipulate it. So when a man meets me, either he going to take me as I am as an all natural woman. Because like I said, very rarely do I put weaves and things in my hair. I would have to be going somewhere very nice. It's just a waste of time to walk around with somebody else's hair texture on your scalp, you know. It's pretty. I, I like to see the look, you know, the girls dressed up. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not put I'm not and the with the lace fronts, those are the best ones to get because they look the most realistic if you apply them right. But I'm not snatching my edges out. See, torturing our hair is, is something that went on in slavery. I don't I'm not gonna give them that satisfaction. So my hair will continue to grow and thrive and a man, a woman, whoever, can either accept me as I am or walk the other way. Because I'm not changing it. My real hair is going to be healthy before I spend four, $500 trying to make some fake stuff believable. This girl had on a weave so long that when we finally got into the place, I accidentally walked by, like, she was behind me after I bought my little wine cooler or whatever. And I walked by her and I accidentally caught her weave in, in the crevice, like the, the crux, the, the crease of my arm. I apologized to her and I said, I'm so sorry. There were fans blowing to keep everybody cool. Like, this is like a little hole in the wall. Y'all know I like the hole in the walls. It's a fan to keep everybody cool all around the club. The fan was blowing as I was walking by and it blew her coat hair situation right into me. And when I was walking by, I was clutching, like I was clutching my phone, clutching my keys. I was clutching everything and her hair got caught. This lady must have knew, I, I told her I was sorry, you know, and she must have knew this was so ridiculous because by the end of the night when I saw her walking out, she had the long platinum blonde. 59 inch wig weave she had it tucked into her jacket it's not the hair ladies i told you i walk in there with a with a scarf tie really pretty on my hair like a like a bantu in the back and any guy that's every guy it don't matter they try to talk to me it's not your, the weave it's not they don't they don't really care it's about your confidence and what you bring into the table. And it just amazes me that as black women, some of us feel like we, when we go out, the only way we are acceptable is if we have a Rapunzel weave on. That's not believable to Stevie Wonder, who got his eyes closed 24 hours a day. It made me sad to see this woman like this. And to see that she don't have enough love for herself to know that she came in bald head, she would still get hollered at. That's how I feel. Bald head, no hair, fade, waves, stocking cap. I know my worth. Which is why when guys come up and they be looking pregnant, that's my whole thing. Guys be wanting women to be 26, 38, or, or, or 38, 26, 59. But they be looking like that in their 59 trimester of pregnancy. 
And I'm just like, but I keep myself up. Like, I work out. I keep my body in shape. I stay toned. I stay fit. I stay eating the right the right things. Not overloading on carbs. Stay in the gym. Try to make sure that I'm learning new ways to, you know, effectively run my business. Always trying new and different things. Why did you think that that was acceptable to roll up on me like that? And it's not even... <clears throat> Just about the belly because the reality is I've dated big guys before. One that I happened to have really liked. This was years ago. I really liked him, but, you know, of course, he wasn't ready. But I really liked him. And he smelled good, everything. But you roll up and you want to present yourself. And I, I ain't going to lie. The guy was dressed nice. He had this big fake gaudy watch on. I don't understand that either. <clears throat> That's the equivalent of his hair. She got 58 hundred bundles in her scalp and he walking around with 5,900 fake ass jewels in his Polex. And I'm like, why you want to walk around wearing gas station watches like I can't tell? Stop that. Men, y'all don't need that stuff. Because I'm going to tell y'all something. And I'm talking to men and women. You reel in the catch based off of the bait that you use. And if you on Insta or if you on Facebook or if you on TikTok and all you doing is flashing your money, do not be surprised when you get a gold digger because you knew what you was attracting. You knew. And I have to be careful that my own self as far as I post a lot of sexy pictures on my Instagram. I can't be surprised that guys in my DMs with deep pics like they don't know how to control themselves. And people who have a fetish with money don't know how to control themselves. So if you reel them in with that bait, don't be mad and call her a whole old gold digger. Women, you want something real. Be real. This 111-inch wig weave business, snatching your edges out, can't show your scalp. All this fake body madness that I'm tired of seeing. I'm sick of seeing it. I understand a little boob lift. You know what I'm saying? You have kids. You know what I'm saying? You try to just... These BBL surgeries, these are extreme surgeries. This is not like, oh, girl, I'm just going to run in here. No. And for what I'm finding out, a lot of women, a lot of women of color in particular, because I know that's the ones who flock and get them. These little white girls say, I'm going to walk around like the Becky that I am with this flat ass and y'all gonna deal with it and love this blonde hair and blue eyes or keep it pushing. So we know that women of color are dying at the highest rates at the hands of these elective dangerous procedures. And it's sad because the reality is when you go and get these enhancements, I promise you, it's not going to get you the type of attention that you want. And if the type of attention that you want is me and I'm going to ask you all day, yeah, they will. But it's not going to get you the long the long term that you need to, to sustain yourself in life and be happy. What would you rather want? A guy who lusts after you for a few years and then when all sugar starts going to shit, then he going, he, I promise you. A man will play with you all day, have sex with you all day. And then the moment he's ready to settle down, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, you could be surprised at the woman that he settles down with and you think, oh, she's so beneath you. And no, he's looking at the heart of her and you're looking at the art of her on the outside. We've got to stop. Some of the women that I grew up 
looking at the Nia Longs, the Sanaa Lathans, you know what I'm saying? The Brandies, the Monicas, the Robin Givens, Wendy Raquel. Like, these are the women, Tatiana Ali's, that I grew up with. There was no body enhancements beyond a little boob job, maybe a little nose job. The Botox and fillers hadn't really hit the scene. So the women just were aging gracefully and looking beautiful. And when they were in their prime, they were a household name and they did it natural. And we don't give that enough credit because we're praising this ridiculous notion that a fat ass is going to not only make a man drool over you when it looks ridiculous 80% of the time. I've only ever seen a few good ones up close and in person. We're not talking about what it looks like on the ground. We're not talking about what it translates as on video. I'm talking about what it looks like in person, and I have seen it. I used to deliver to these high-rises here in Houston off Almeda. It was like, well, I call them the ghettos, even though technically they weren't. These were units that were probably going... High-rise condos. They were probably going for anywhere from 2500 to 3500 I call them the ghettos because I know what they're about. It's a, it's a quick cash grab. You want to come in and gentrify the area. You spike up the property value so it, it looks ritzy and things. So that you can justify selling things at a higher price. And you drain people dry because you know doggone well that all these people that's coming to move in here, they might be YouTubers, they might be, they. I guess these people must be semi-famous or something's going on because they, they mimic how celebrities look. So they doing something. And I call them the ghettos because they didn't. They, the condominiums probably can fit twenty five hundred people. They got a fake ass valet and all that. There ain't no hater in my cup because I can see through the smoke and mirrors. And when I would deliver them, park my car up front, I just would think to myself: these people pay twenty five hundred dollars a month for some shit they don't own. Sad. Why not take that money and go get your own property? You're throwing away prime money that could be saved for a prop like I didn't get it and it was a whole lot of minorities that's how I know and that's I'm not trying to be disrespectful to minorities but it's just like I know how they think about minorities oh yeah they'll take your money you don't see them do it all the time at the beauty supply store knowing damn well they don't want your black ass in there but they let you in there and they watch you like a hulk and then they they send Lady Kim to walk behind you the whole damn time while you just trying to buy some edge control because they want your money but they don't want you People are staying at properties where really they can't stand people of color or black folk or Indians or whoever was living there because it was a lot of mixed minorities in there. But they'll take your money and let you be even a dollar late on the first. Throw your ass out quicker than sunrise. They do not care. They're bleeding you because they know that you don't know what $2,300 a month is worth. Bleeding you. I hate it. I hated to see it. But at any rate, <clears throat> one day I, I was delivering some food to this high rise. This was years ago. And on the elevator, there was a woman who looked something like Hazel E. And if you're not familiar with her, just Google her YouTube Hazel E. She'll come up. She is a loving hip hop reality star, whatever you want to call them. Okay. And 
this woman looked like Hazel E. I don't know if she was black. I don't know if she was white. She was racially ambiguous. She had the the crunchy bleach blonde wig on. Blonde wig with the dark roots. It was a mess. She had on the booty cutter shorts and the booty that was sticking out. Was one of the hardest non-movable asses I had ever seen in all my life. And they had mirrors in this elevator. She puckering her lips all in the mirror and checking herself out. And I wanted to tell her so bad, honey, who did you let do this to you? It looks a fool. And it's somebody that loved you beyond a random stranger who's here to deliver food at 12 o'clock. They would have told you not to do that to yourself. An elective procedure that left you looking worse off than I'm sure that you did before. See, the gag is a lot of women don't ever even need that. They don't want to test their own bodies and go to the gym and find out what their bodies can do. And um, I realized it don't behoove me to walk outside with 30, 30 yards of weave. For what? I get nothing out of that. I'm uncomfortable. That's the first thing. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like the way fake hair feels on me. Like, I'll wear it. I'm not saying I won't wear it. I'll wear it. But the reality is, the way that it that it feels, like, on my skin, on my neck, you know, I can't sleep in it. Like, when the girls be getting their lace, laces glued down, where they can't just readily take them off, I don't know how they do it. Because when I would do my lace fronts at night, I would soak the 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 adhesive off if I wore adhesive. Because I didn't want to sleep in that. It would bother me so much. So when I present myself to a guy, especially somebody that for some reason I have an instantaneous instantaneous um, attraction to, he's getting the authentic me. He's getting my naps. You know, whether I got on makeup or not that day, he's getting me. Because I'm going to keep it all the way a book. And I just really wish that <clears throat> for all that is required of black women to be snatched all the time, to be educated. You know what I mean? That um, it's reciprocated as far as the approach. We have a situation. Houston, we got a problem. Russia and Ukraine are fighting are about to gear up to fight. And people got to remember that the U.S., anytime a country is an ally to another country that is that is at war, that country could be called in. It's a bipartisan effect. It's about building families, legacies, and property at this point and getting your Bitcoin and crypto up. Like, the world has been damaged in an irredeemable way, if you noticed. This thing that it's happened to three years ago, 19, it's not going away. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's never going to go away. It is a stain on the face of our country. So we have to prepare for a new world and its order. And I don't want to scare anybody, but that's where this thing is going. I think it's time for our men to wise up and prepare and stop being caught off guard all the damn time. 
you don't need this big fake ass watch from the gas station because I know that's where it was from. Never seen an interface that big. Ever seen somebody with a Rolex, something that really cost something that that really cost something with a serial number etched into the back, so that if you should lose it, it's insured through Rolex. You are the only person with a watch with that serial number. They will be able to trace it directly back to you. Can't even pawn the damn thing. I don't want to see it. Everybody's got to be real. Black women be real. Black men be real. It's very simple. This guy walks me to my car. I let him walk me to my car because I ain't going to lie. The heels that I had on, the heels that I had on were cutting into my feet. They're not the best dancing shoes, but they went with the outfit. And y'all ladies, y'all know we do that sometimes. I'm pretty sure there were a lot more significant points that I needed to make, but my voice is giving out. I just want to do this podcast. And we got to do better. I will catch y'all for season two.